0: Study Article 22. This article will be studied during the week of July 25th through 31st. Wisdom to Guide Our Lives Theme Text. Jehovah Himself Gives Wisdom. Proverbs 2.6 Song 89. Listen, Obey, and Be Blessed. Preview. Solomon and Jesus Possessed Great Wisdom. The source of that wisdom was Jehovah God. In this article, we will see what we can learn from the inspired counsel of both Solomon and Jesus about having a balanced view of money, of secular work, and of ourselves. We will also see how some of our fellow believers have benefited from wisely applying Bible-based counsel in those areas. Paragraph 1 Question Why do we all need godly wisdom? If you have ever had to make an important decision, no doubt you prayed for wisdom, and for good reason. King Solomon wrote, Wisdom is the most important thing. Proverbs 4 7 reads, Wisdom is the most important thing, so acquire wisdom, and with all you acquire, acquire understanding. Of course, Solomon was not talking about just any sort of wisdom. He was referring to the wisdom that comes from Jehovah God. But can godly wisdom help us deal with the kinds of problems we face today? Yes, it can, as we will see in this article. Paragraph 2 Question What is one way that we can become truly wise? One way that we can become truly wise is by studying and applying the teachings of two men who are widely respected for their wisdom. First, we will consider Solomon. The Bible says that God gave Solomon wisdom and discernment in very great measure. First Kings four twenty nine. Second, we will consider Jesus, whose wisdom was unparalleled. Of Jesus, it was prophesied, "The spirit of Jehovah will settle upon him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding." Isaiah eleven two. Paragraph three question. What will we discuss in this article? Using their God-given wisdom, both Solomon and Jesus gave practical advice on matters that are of interest to all of us. In this article, we will consider three of them. The need to have a balanced view of money, of secular work, and of ourselves. A Balanced View of Money Paragraph 4 Question How did the economic situation of Solomon differ from that of Jesus? Solomon was fabulously wealthy, and he lived in luxury. Jesus, on the other hand, had few possessions and no permanent home. Yet both men had a balanced view of material things, because their wisdom came from the same source, Jehovah God. Paragraph 5 Question What balanced view of money did Solomon have? Solomon acknowledged that money is a protection. With money, we are able to obtain life's necessities and perhaps a few wants. Yet, as wealthy as he was, Solomon realized that there are more important things than money. For example, he wrote, A good name, or a good reputation, footnote, is to be chosen rather than great wealth. Proverbs 22 1. Solomon also observed that people who love money are seldom happy with what they have, and he warned against putting all our trust in money, since whatever money we have can quickly disappear. Paragraph 6 Question What balanced view did Jesus have of material things? Jesus had a balanced view of material things, he enjoyed food and drink. On one occasion, he made wine of the finest quality, the first of his miracles. And on the day he died, he was wearing an expensive garment. But Jesus did not allow material things to become the focus of his life. He told his followers, No one can slave for two masters. You cannot slave for God and for riches. Matthew 6.24 Jesus taught that if we seek the kingdom first, Jehovah will make sure that we have what we need. Matthew 6:31 31-33 reads, So never be anxious and say, What are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear? For all these are the things the nations are eagerly pursuing. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Keep on then seeking first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. Paragraph 7 Question How did one brother benefit from having a balanced view of money? Many of our brothers and sisters have benefited from applying divine wisdom when it comes to money. Consider the example of a single brother named Daniel. He says In my teenage years, I decided that I would make spiritual activities the most important thing in my life. Because he has kept his life simple, Daniel has been able to use his time and skills on many theocratic projects. He adds, I can honestly say that I have never regretted the path I chose. Sure, I could have earned a lot of money if I had made that the most important thing in my life. But how could money replace the friendships I've cultivated? How could it replace the satisfaction I have from knowing that I'm putting the kingdom first? There's no amount of money that could equal the blessings Jehovah has given me. Clearly, we benefit when we focus not on money, but on spiritual things. The following is a description of the pictures being considered with paragraphs 6 and 7. John and Tom are two young brothers who are in the same congregation. John spends much time caring for his car. Tom uses his car to assist others to share in the ministry and to attend congregation meetings. The picture caption reads, Does our view of material things hinder us from putting kingdom interests first in our life? A Balanced View of Secular Work Paragraph 8, Question How do we know that Solomon had a balanced view of work? Solomon called the enjoyment that we can derive from our hard work the gift of God. Ecclesiastes five eighteen and 19 reads, This is what I have seen to be good and proper, that one should eat and drink and find enjoyment for all the hard work at which he toils under the sun, during the few days of life that the true God has given him, for that is his reward. Also, when the true God gives a man riches and material possessions, along with the ability to enjoy them, he should take his reward and rejoice in his hard work this is the gift of God. He wrote, There is benefit in every kind of hard work. Proverbs fourteen twenty-three. Solomon knew what he was talking about. He was a worker. He built houses, planted vineyards, and made gardens and pools. He also built cities. That was hard work, and no doubt it gave him a measure of satisfaction. But Solomon did not rely on those activities alone to bring him happiness. He also engaged in spiritual pursuits. For example, he supervised the construction of a glorious temple for Jehovah's worship, a seven-year building project. After sharing in all sorts of activities, both secular and spiritual, Solomon realized that spiritual activities are far more important than secular pursuits. He wrote, The conclusion of the matter, everything having been heard, is, Fear the true God and keep his commandments. Ecclesiastes 12.13 Paragraph 9. Question. How did Jesus keep his secular work in its place? Jesus was a hard worker. In his early years on earth, he worked as a carpenter. No doubt his parents appreciated his help as they tried hard to provide for the needs of their large family. And as a carpenter, the perfect man Jesus must have been in high demand. Jesus very likely enjoyed his work. Yet even while he was applying himself to his secular work, Jesus set aside time for spiritual activities. Later, as a full-time minister, he advised his listeners, Work not for the food that perishes, but for the food that remains for everlasting life. John 6.27. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Matthew 6.20. Paragraph 10. Question. What challenge may some face in their secular work? Godly wisdom helps us to have a balanced view of our secular work, As Christians, we are taught to do hard work, good work. Ephesians 4.28 Employers often notice our honesty and our industriousness, and they may tell us how much they value our work ethic. With the best of motives, we could begin to work longer hours, hoping to give our employer an even more favorable impression of Jehovah's Witnesses. Soon, though, we might realize that we are starting to neglect our family responsibilities and theocratic activities. We need to make a change to find our balance. Paragraph 11 Question What did one brother learn about having a balanced view of work? A young brother named William has observed firsthand the value of keeping secular work in its place. Regarding an elder who formerly employed him William says, This brother is a great example of someone with a balanced work ethic. He works hard, and he has a good rapport with his clients because of the quality of his work. But at the end of the day, when the job is done, he knows how to leave his work behind and focus on his family and his worship. And you know what? He's one of the happiest people I know. The following is a description of the pictures being considered with paragraphs 10 and 11. John is working overtime. He does not want to disappoint his boss, so whenever his boss asks him to work late, John agrees. That same evening, Tom, who is a ministerial servant, accompanies an elder on a shepherding visit. In the past, Tom explained to his boss that he reserves several evenings in the week for activities related to his worship of Jehovah. The picture caption reads, How can we maintain our balance between secular work and theocratic activities? A Balanced View of Ourselves Paragraph 12, Question How did Solomon demonstrate that he had a balanced view of himself, but how did he lose it? When he was a faithful worshiper of Jehovah, Solomon had a balanced view of himself. As a young man, he modestly acknowledged his limitations and asked for Jehovah's guidance. Early in his reign, Solomon was also aware of the danger of becoming prideful. He wrote, Pride is before a crash, and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Proverbs 16.18 Sadly, Solomon later failed to apply his own advice. Sometime into his kingship, he proudly began to ignore God's requirements. For example, one of the laws stated that a Hebrew king should not take many wives for himself so that his heart may not go astray. Deuteronomy 17:17. 17, 17. Solomon disregarded that law and acquired 700 wives and 300 concubines, many of whom were pagan. Perhaps Solomon felt that he had everything under control. Whatever the case, in time, Solomon suffered the consequences of his drawing away from Jehovah. Paragraph 13 Question What can we learn from meditating on Jesus' humble attitude? Jesus maintained a balanced and humble view of himself. In his pre-human existence, Jesus built up a marvelous record in Jehovah's service. By means of Jesus, all other things were created in the heavens and on the earth. Colossians 1.16 At his baptism, Jesus evidently recalled things he had accomplished when he was with his Father. But that knowledge did not cause Jesus to become prideful. On the contrary, he never exalted himself above anyone. He told his disciples that he had come to the earth not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom in exchange for many. Matthew 20.28 He also admitted modestly that he could not do a single thing of his own initiative. What humility Jesus displayed! Jesus provided an excellent example for us to follow. Paragraph 14. Question What can we learn from Jesus about having a proper view of ourselves? Jesus taught his followers to have a proper view of themselves. On one occasion, Jesus assured them, The hairs of your head are all numbered. Matthew 10.30 That statement is very comforting to us, especially if we tend to have a negative view of ourselves. It means that our Heavenly Father is deeply interested in us, that we have value in his eyes. We would never want to call into question Jehovah's judgment by concluding that we are unworthy of being his worshipers and of receiving life in his new world. Paragraph 15, Question A. What balanced view of ourselves did the Watchtower recommend that we develop? Question B. As shown in the pictures on page 24, if we are too focused on ourselves, what blessings are we missing out on? Some fifteen years ago, the Watchtower recommended that we develop this balanced view of ourselves. Certainly, we would not want to think too highly of ourselves to the point of becoming conceited, nor would we want to go to the other extreme and think nothing of ourselves. Rather, our aim should be to cultivate a reasonable view of ourselves, one that takes into consideration our strengths as well as our limitations. A Christian woman put it this way, I'm not the epitome of evil, nor am I God's gift to others. I have both good points and bad points, and so does everyone else. Can you see how beneficial it would be for us to cultivate a balanced view of ourselves? The following is a description of the pictures being considered with paragraph 15. John is focused on himself. Tom, who put spiritual pursuits ahead of his own interests, widens out his circle of friends as he helps in renovating an assembly hall. The picture caption reads, Having an unbalanced view of ourselves may rob us of what opportunities and blessings? Paragraph 16, Question Why does Jehovah give us wise guidance? Through his word, Jehovah gives us wise guidance. He loves us, and he wants us to be happy. The wise course, the course that brings the greatest happiness, is to put Jehovah's interests first in our life. When we do, we will avoid many of the problems experienced by those who focus too much on money, secular work, or themselves. May each of us be determined to be wise and make Jehovah's heart rejoice. What can we learn from the inspired counsel of both Solomon and Jesus about how we should view? Money. Secular work. Ourselves. Song 94 Grateful for God's Word End of article